Hello everyone and welcome to the January 3rd edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarin and Kelly. Let's get started with our litigation report. AIG and its insurance affiliates have agreed to pay more than $100 million in fines and other penalties to resolve claims the insurer violated workers' compensation regulations. AIG also agreed to pay about $46.5 million in additional taxes and assessments. The proposed settlement negotiated between AIG and insurance regulators in eight states would close out a probe into allegations the insurance giant underreported nearly two and a quarter billion dollars of workers' compensation premiums. Insurance regulators in all 50 states and the District of Columbia will split the $100 million in fines. State regulators accused AIG of reporting the workers' compensation premiums as general or commercial automobile liability premiums. Under the terms of the settlement, AIG insurance companies will have to file restated financial statements by March 1st to reflect the reallocation of the $2.1 billion in premiums. The company also must submit to peer periodic monitoring by the states for a 24-month period and agree to pay a fine of up to $150 million if it fails to meet the terms of a compliance plan. The deal must be adopted by at least 35 additional states by March 1st. And now our fraud report. Benjamin Gutierrez, the owner of SunWest Cleanup Incorporated of Los Angeles, has been arrested on three felony counts of premium fraud. In 2009, the Department of Insurance Fraud Division received a suspected fraud referral from the State Compensation Insurance Fund claiming that Gutierrez misrepresented the job classification of his employees. Gutierrez allegedly reported his employees as janitorial staff and not demolition workers in order to obtain lower workers' compensation premiums. Gutierrez also allegedly underreported his payroll to SCIF both to reduce the costs of SunWest Cleanups Insurance premiums. The loss of workers' compensation premiums to the state fund is estimated to be approximately $55,000 over the three-year period. A warrant was issued for Mr. Gutierrez's arrest in December, and he was booked into the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. His bail has been set at $90,000. His arraignment debt has not, date has not yet been set. If convicted, Mr. Gutierrez would be facing a maximum of 15 years in prison and up to $110,000 in fines. This case is being prosecuted by the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. And now our medical report. The number of spine fusions at U.S. hospitals doubled to over 400,000 between 2002 and 2008, generating $34 billion in revenue. According to the Millennium Research Group of Toronto, the number of fusion surgeries that will rise to more than 453,000 this year. The possibility that many of these fusion surgeries are needless has gotten little attention in the debate over U.S. healthcare costs. Leading spine surgeons claim that there is much evidence that the spine fusions do not work well. Nonetheless, surgeons continue to perform fusion, surgeons, fusion surgeries anyway. One of the most common causes of back pain is degenerative disc disease or the breakdown in the soft cushions between the vertebrae. 
Pain also comes from a condition called stenosis, or the narrowing of the spinal canal, which can be caused by bulging discs or arthritis. British and Norwegian researchers found fusion surgery no better than physical therapy for disc-related pain in three studies totaling 473 patients. Rates of complications from surgery, including bleeding, blood clots, and infections, were as high as 18%. The four studies are cited in journals as the only head-to-head -head randomized comparisons of physical therapy and fusion surgery. In a 2007 U.S. study, surgeons reported fusion was successful in only 41% of 75 patients suffering from lower back disc degeneration. Two years earlier, in the same journal, surgeons found only a 47% success rate among 99 patients. A study in the Journal of the American Medical Association earlier this year claimed that there is a lack of evidence that fusion is better than a simpler procedure called decompression for stenosis. The study also found that complex fusions, those joining more than three vertebrae, carried a 5.6% risk of life-threatening complications, more than double the 2.3% rate for decompression. Fusion surgeries have helped spine surgeons become the best paid doctors in the U.S. Their average annual salary is $806,000 a year, more than three times the earnings of a pediatrician. Researchers reported in an unusual experiment aimed to better understand the so-called placebo effect. Doctors from Harvard Medical School and Beth Israel DeConus Medical Center in Boston led the study. The placebo effect has been documented almost since the beginning of medicine. In general, scientists have documented that 30 to 40 percent of patients will report feeling better or will show documented improvement of symptoms when unknowingly taking a placebo. Most people have assumed that a placebo will not work if the patient knows it is a placebo. To test this common wisdom, researchers enrolled 80 patients with irritable bowel syndrome, a chronic condition characterized by abdominal pain. The volunteers were given either a placebo or nothing for three weeks and carefully monitored. Researchers made it absolutely clear that pills given to patients had no active ingredients and were made from inert substances. The treatment actually had the word placebo printed on the bottle and those given placebos were reminded during the study that they were taking inert pills. Nonetheless, nearly 60% of patients with irritable bowel syndrome reported they felt better after knowingly taking a placebo twice a day compared to only 35% of the patients who got better and did not get anything, not even a placebo. The researchers are quite puzzled by this surprising outcome. And in regulatory news, an unusual coalition of corporations, insurance companies, and labor groups are pushing for legislation that would put restrictions on the customized medicines known as compounded drugs. This group claims that the prescribing of compounded drugs in our work comp system has become rife with abuse. Compounded drugs are medications whose ingredients have been tailored to meet a patient's individual needs. Proponents say compounding improves treatment, but critics say 
They are typically made with many of the same ingredients found in over-the-counter pills and generic prescription drugs and simply boost profits for doctors and pharmacies. Proposed legislation by State Senator Mark DeSoliner and Assemblyman Jose Solorio would limit prices of medically necessary compounded drugs by adding them to the government's fee schedule. The proposed law is supported by the California Coalition on Workers' Comp, which includes Walt Disney Company, Marriott International Incorporation, Costco Wholesale Corporation, and more than 200 other employers in the public and private sectors. And labor is siding with business on this fight. Angie Y., a Sacramento advocate for the California Labor Federation, agreed that this bill is needed. Critics of the use of compounded drugs point to a sharp rise in the bills submitted to the State Compensation Insurance Fund for compounded drugs. Billings for compounded drugs reached $28 million, or 24% of the fund's total prescription billings last year. From a number so low the previous year, the state fund didn't even bother to track it. John Duncan, the DIR director, said he has no doubt that there are people gaming the system. Beyond a rise in billings, however, neither state nor insurance industry officials could point to systematic evidence of widespread abuse. The state legislature has, however, asked the State Commission on Health and Safety and Workers' Compensation to examine the issue. Rand Corporation in Santa Monica is helping with the research and a report on the use of compounded drugs is expected to be released early next month. Montana will become the first state in the nation to prohibit illegal aliens from collecting workers' compensation if a bill introduced in the 2011 legislature is passed into law. Montana has one of the most expensive workers' compensation rates amongst all states. Gordy Vance, a Montana Republican lawmaker, said the idea for the legislation, House Bill 71, comes from his experience with workers' compensation when he was on a committee that examined costs. The proposed law would state that if it was proven by a preponderance of evidence that an injured worker was not in the country legally, that person could not collect workers' comp benefits. Mr. Vance claims that the bill is one part of a comprehensive approach to address the workers' compensation issue in Montana and is not primarily about the issue of illegal immigration. Rebecca Smith, coordinator of the Immigrant Worker Justice Project, for the National Employment Law Project said Montana would be the first state in the nation to completely ban illegal aliens from receiving workers' compensation if this law passed. However, according to Smith, other states have considered and rejected proposals similar to what is being considered in Montana. Smith said the law, if passed, could expose employers to litigation for workplace injuries and have other unintended consequences. Smith also said the law might face a legal challenge. Her organization has litigated cases in a number of states where workers' compensation benefits were denied because of a person's immigration status. She claims that the courts have always determined those workers are covered. There is no current estimate on the potential economic impact of the proposed law. Vance says he expects the bill to pass the GOP-controlled House and Senate in Montana. And now our <clears throat> financial news. Datacare Corporation, a San Jose company that provides web-based workers' compensation software, 
reports a 32% revenue growth over last year despite the poor economy. Earlier this year, they announced a product, Bill Z, that they claim has saved their clients 14 to 20% of medical bill expenses. More than 90% of DataCare's revenue is derived from software subscriptions. At a time when many Silicon Valley firms are downsizing and scaling back, DataCare claims to be fortunate to be able to add the staff and capabilities that customers have requested. Headquartered in San Jose, California, DataCare's software technology supports evidence-based treatment decisions with defensible supporting documentation for workers' compensation claims. DataCare services support 4,000-plus users and operations in 23 states. Insurers say a long-term trend of declining frequency of workers' compensation claims has flattened. The widespread shift is significant because declining frequency of workers' comp claims or lost time claims filed per payroll dollars has helped counter rising costs driven by the severity of claims. Claims frequency had been falling an average of about 4% a year. Officials at Hartford Financial Services Group reported that decreases in claims frequency tapered off during 2010. Liberty Mutual's data shows that the frequency has flattened or even increased slightly based on the number of claims filed per employer payroll as well. The shift to flattened or slightly increased claims frequency is evident across Liberty Mutual's entire work comp book of business, including all industry segments. Michigan-based Meadowbrook Insurance Group has seen pockets of the workers' comp program business it underwrites experience flatter or slightly increased claims frequency as well. Sedgwick Claims Management Services reports that self-insured employers are also reporting an increased number of claims. Some rating organizations also report seeing a potential shift in claims frequency in some states. For instance, a spokesman for the California WCIRB said one of its measurements is showing that claims frequency has turned positive. But observers say the change in the frequency of claims could be a temporary fluke driven by the alien economy. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Please stop by again next week for more news.